you are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On Cardinals Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Bo Brock, Alex Clancy. Give us a follow on Twitter at Lockdown AZ Cards, at Bob Brack, easiest way to find me, at B O B R A C K, and at Clancy's Corner. We'll get into your tweets a little bit later in this show. Of course, this podcast is brought to you by the best tasting protein bar ever, Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKDOWN, one word, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Alex, I had somebody ask me actually is uh it was yesterday. It's like, hey Bo, do you do you really like built bars? And I said, How dare you? How dare you question my loyalty to the best tasting protein bar of all time? Yeah, you should have taken your belt off and and <laughs> slapped that person with it. Uh yeah. I mean there we were just talking before we before we started the podcast. I'm down to one and I might wait a few days to eat it because I don't want I mean I got the orange. Orange is the best flavor by far, in my opinion, and um, they're so good. I had a salted caramel one this morning with a banana and a cup of coffee uh, for the show. Uh, like, just dude, just say I had the perfect breakfast because that's what that was. <laughs> Listen, I'm still a – like, if I could choose, I would have the biggest breakfast on the planet. Like, this is something that's – the best part about Built Bar is that they're, they're good for you and they're chocolate-covered. Right. And, uh, you know, you can't really beat that. I'm uh, I'm bankrupt as far as built bars right now. I uh, yeah, I completely felt it. Have no chips left in the game. I'm gonna have to go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code locked on. Bo and Alex, big podcast here. We talked about Kyler Murray. He's making the rounds on the virtual radio row. That's kind of where uh, a bunch of celebrities and athletes kind of descend upon the Super Bowl and push some products that they're being paid to endorse. And because of the unique times that we're living in, it's done virtually. And Kyler Murray. He's making the rounds. We talked about the Pat McAfee interview, and there's actually a couple more tidbits from that interview I want to get into outside of the baseball conversation because I think that's Kyler Murray's going to get asked that all the time about baseball, and I don't think Arizona Cardinals fans, people that cover the team, and and Alex, you might have a different take on this, but I appreciate him just like entertaining the question and not just not saying you know some stock answer like I'm just focused on you know, making the Cardinals the best team possible. Like, I appreciate him actually having a candid conversation about it and saying, like, yeah, he misses baseball, but that doesn't make me feel like tomorrow he's going to sign a contract to rejoin the A's organization and try to do both. Yeah. I mean, it's – it's. He, I mean, he loves baseball. Who cares? Like, it, it, it's really a who cares moment. It's just – it's fun to hear – just if – like, we talked yesterday about it. If he was bionic – you know, if he was a video game with the stamina turned off and he could do both, I'd love to watch him play baseball. Like, if you could guarantee that he wouldn't get hurt and the Arizona Cardinals, if he played or didn't play, the outcomes would be the same. You're saying you wouldn't love to watch K1 play a different sport 81 times at home? Like, luckily enough, I mean, I would I would get a media credential for baseball if Kyler Murray was a part of the Diamondbacks. Yeah, because so, I mean it's fun there, but I mean not in a, in a vacuum, obviously. But yeah, I mean it's it's going to be much ado about nothing. Um, and obviously the Cardinals would have to, or the uh, Diamondbacks would have to acquire Kyler Murray's rights from the A's. But it, you know, I'd love to watch him, but not now. 
Yeah, maybe ten years, twelve years from now. Yeah, and I don't think there's any real threat of that. And I, I, I don't think that Cardinals yeah. fans should should take that these questions because I mean that's what people know outside of the Arizona market. That's what people know about Kyler Murray right now. That that's just they 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 know that he was a first round pick in both sports and that he has the ability to potentially play both. And that's just a fun conversation. Nobody else is really forcing that conversation and. Kyler, that's what people like to talk about. So don't it, it is it is fun to kind of have a guy with that skill set. But Kyler also talked about the Arizona Cardinals in 2020, and uh, it, it's one of the few things we really heard from the organization post uh, just falling short horribly, horrendously in the final two games. Uh, you know, he, he kind of said the Cardinals were just an inconsistent team. You didn't know what you were going to get on a week-by-week basis. I want to get more into that conversation. And a NFL scribe, Bill Barnwell, who's not always uh, saying nice things about the Cardinals. He rarely does. He's predicting who the Arizona Cardinals are going to help upgrade the wide receiver position. Isn't an upgrade. And what his prediction is as far as Larry Fitzgerald and coming back for another season in the desert. So let's get into that conversation. I, I actually saw this on azcardinals.com before we get into the consistency or lack thereof for the Arizona Cardinals and what their quarterback said about them. But I saw on azcardinals.com there was a mail bo- there's a mailbag uh, bit that they do each and every week, and Darren Urban, the lead writer over there, answers questions. And one of the fans asked if he thought he asked Urban if he thought that Kyler Murray could have the potential. He said, I'm seeing parallels between Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield. Of course, both of them went to Oklahoma. Do you think we could see a similar turnaround from Kyler in year three? And I was kind of like perturbed, I guess, by this question. I don't know. I was kind of thrown off by it. I was like, "Did do, what is the perception of Kyler Murray's 2020 season? I don't know. Alex, What what's your perception? What do you think it is from the, the fans? I mean, this... It, it's it's kind of a grab bag a little bit. That's not a cop-out. So I, this is what I mean. There were times this year, for the first time, that you looked at Kyler Murray and said, hey, if he would have done this, the Cardinals could have won this game. Last year, or 2019, they weren't a very good football team. The fact that they got to five wins may have been a, a higher peak than people thought they would get to, especially with their three-game winning streak towards the middle tail end of the season. This year especially against Detroit, Carolina, the two games they lost early on that you would have chalked up to wins, especially after trading for DeAndre Hopkins of the offseason. He threw a handful of picks between the two games. Cardinals lost both games, obviously. And then people were like, you know, even though the Cardinals were 5-2 and two through seven weeks, it wasn't perfect, and Kyler wasn't playing great throwing the ball, but running the ball, he was, you know, eons above what he was last year. I mean, it's two seasons in one. Second half of the season, he didn't play great. The Cardinals didn't play great. And it's a learning curve that young quarterbacks go through. If this was a sophomore slump, it was a pretty damn good sophomore slump. And unfortunately, what they're, what we have to do now is second-year quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson both had MVP seasons their second year. So that's what the direct correlative is with Kyler Murray and other second-year quarterbacks, and that's just not fair. Lamar Jackson did in a way nobody saw ever in the NFL on the ground, and Patrick Holmes threw 50 touchdown passes. So what he did, and directly uh, comparing it to Baker Mayfield, I don't think there's a direct correlation between the two there because the offensive schemes are completely different. It's a run-first offense in Cleveland, and if your quarterback doesn't throw the ball well when he is required to throw the ball, 
when the running game isn't working or if they're down, it'll stand out a little bit more than what's going on with Kyler Murray. So Kyler had great numbers, and I think that if it's a sophomore slump, it's a pretty damn good sophomore slump. Yeah, it was a it was he did not perform at the end of the season. I don't think the team it it definitely didn't perform at the end of the season, and they they did miss out. When when the run game's going, we know the statistics. The Arizona Cardinals are a very good team. Same could be. I mean, it could be said for each and every one of the thirty two NFL franchises. That's just that's just how it goes. Having that run balance, that run pass balance, having the ability to win the time of possession battle, that's just so important, especially as far as winning football games. It, it and to me, the biggest like Baker Mayfield, despite the parallels between them playing at the same college and them taking home the Heisman Trophy uh, in in back to back years, it kind of in, in being top picks, it ends there because the Browns had the issue of Baker Mayfield had a, just an absolute terrible dumpster fire of a second season. He had twenty one interceptions. He didn't take care of the football, and what Kevin Stefanski had to do was rein in Baker Mayfield. Like, Baker Mayfield could not go out there and prove in his second season at this stage in his career, could not win a football game with his abilities. It just wasn't there. He has the abilities to make some, you know, nice impromptu plays, but he's he's still not a guy that if, if you're forcing him out of the pocket, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's going to make mistakes. Where I think Kyler Murray at the end of the season, he's just, you need a, he needs to kind of, Get after it. He needs to be more aggressive. Like we we see Kyler Murray, like his bad games are when he's throwing fifty times and he's throwing for like under five yards a pass. Like he's he's at his best when he's making plays down the field and when teams are able to bottle him up and really make him lack the aggressiveness. They're winning, and uh, I I just don't see them being the same. And you're right. I mean, Kyler Murray had a statistically had a great season. Kyler Murray had a way better second season than Baker Mayfield. Now, I think more of a, you know, as far as somebody you want to follow in the footsteps isn't necessarily Baker Mayfield because the Browns' success wasn't contingent, as Alex said, on on him, you know, making an incredible leap. It was more so on that team uh, reinventing themselves as a run-first offense is if, if you want Kyler Murray, like, he needs to make a Josh Allen-type jump. Like Josh Allen is the guy that you want to see Kyler Murray go from year two to year three and take kind of just that kind of look in that that type of play. I'm I'm not uh, I don't I don't I don't think Baker I don't think it's fair to you know one say that Kyler Murray had as bad of a second season as Baker's Baker did and then three and you know number two is that this he's gonna have to like Ky, that would be reining Kyler back in year three. To kind of take, to have the success that the Browns did with Baker Mayfield at the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean it's we're gonna have some uncomfortable conversations if Kyler doesn't get better through eight weeks of next year. I mean it's gonna be the the real questions because listen, I love Kyler Murray. He's great for the organization. He's great on the field. He's got the demeanor you want from a quarterback, even though he seems a little listless and. You know, uh, he an introverted. Who cares? I mean, it's better than him being a total d bag. You know what I mean? Like, I love Kyler Murray. Having said that, people expecting him to have a higher ceiling than quarterbacks that have already proven it is completely unfounded. We don't know what's going to happen with Kyler. We've seen greatness, 
where he could be, you know, a perennial all all uh, a perennial Pro Bowl or All Pro guy. And we've seen a guy that makes throws that professional quarterbacks don't make. So the spectrum is less wide than it was when he was drafted. But there's still things that need to be proved before you can say, oh, he's for sure worth the $200 million contract that's coming his way. Like this is, this is the year. Yeah. And you're right. It's, it's, it's on the same, it, it's a parallel to Baker because Baker played out of this world compared to last year. Kyler Murray's a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. At least we think he is. Mm-hmm. So if Kyler jumps up like Baker did, the Cardinals are going to win 11 or 12 games next year. Cause, because of the huge jump Baker had from year two to year three. I don't think that that's necessarily fair to expect but we're going to find out next season very, very confidently if Kyler Murray is the quarterback of the future or not for the Cardinals. This is the That's the year coming up, and it'll be very interesting to see. I thought Josh Rosen said something pretty wise during his rookie season with the Arizona Cardinals, and it was pretty much, you know, his press conferences were mostly the highlights of his career, his one season in the desert, but... I thought what he said, because a lot of people were like, okay, let's just get Josh Rosen through this rookie season. And then, you know, second-year quarterbacks take a giant leap. And Rosen, you know, correctly said, just because I'm going to get, you know, take my lumps, it doesn't mean that, you know, automatically I'm going to have success in my second season. And, you know, it, we've seen it, right? We've, we've obviously seen, especially it's been a recent trend where quarterbacks struggle. Some of them don't, but... In their sophomore campaigns, like they just blow up, and I, you know, it's not a layup that Kyler Murray, because he's had you know back-to-back seasons of showing development and he's gotten better, that automatically year three, he's it's all going to just click and come together. Now, you know, there is you know the the chance that the game slows down and he just balls out, but it's not it's not a given. The NFL's hard, and we saw that. You know, the league adjusted to Kyler Murray. It's now, he's, you know, a guy who's, they talk about on the broadcast all the time, likes to play chess. It's his move now. He's got to figure out what adjustments he has to make to uh, take his game to the next level and uh, get back to where he was in the first half of the 2020 season. Now, Kyler Murray, we did uh, mention some of the interview with Pat McAfee. He had a couple other things that I think are of note. Let's get into it. The Arizona Cardinals, outside of Kyler Murray, how can they fix their inconsistencies? We'll get into it. It's Locked on Cardinals. Bo and Alex here, Locked on Cardinals. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked on AZ Cards, at Clancy's Corner to follow Alex, at Bob Rack. Easiest way to find me on Twitter to follow me, Bo Brock. So Kyler Murray joined the Pat McAfee show. He was on Sirius XM as well. He's just kind of doing the rounds, a virtual radio row for the Super Bowl week. And uh, Kyler Murray basically said that uh, the Cardinals, you just didn't know what you were going to get each and every week. Um, and, I, you know, I, I I think that's fair. I mean, Alex and I would go each and every week trying to predict what would happen and the game would ha- would would go down. And we'd be kind of uh, puzzled by the performances that they, they, would, they would put forth. And you would look at, uh, you know... The offense was slowed down here. It's on the play calling. It was, you know, the defense was not the same defense that we saw the previous week. And I I, I think that Kyler Murray is very right. I appreciate the self-awareness as far as the team goes. But how how can the Arizona Cardinals this offseason fix those inconsistencies? 
you know, the the Chandler Jones thing was tough. Uh, it it's it, it sucks how um sucks you know very mature way to say it. it it's <laughs> it's tough how you look at injuries and people see them as excuses and you're like, oh, next man up. It's not always just next man up. Like Chandler Jones is an integral part of the defense, obviously. And with him not there for 80% of the season, you're scrambling on defense, which, and I know, listen, I am hell bent on trying to prove this and I'll never be able to prove it. But when you have a defense that is so predicated upon Vance Joseph miraculously, you know, uh, waving his wand and having these blitz packages just work and keep the defense in games, that's got away on Kyler Murray. It has to have a direct impact on the decision-making of the quarterback of any team. If you question your defense, you will take more chances on the offense or take lesser chances because you don't want to have to rely on your defense to stop the opposing team on a short field. So that is... In the beginning, Bo, I think that just slowly waned on the defense with Chandler Jones being out. Now, the play calling on offense is the obvious scapegoat, and you know, and rightfully so. I think DeAndre Hopkins, one year, no offseason with Kyler, you can easily make that as a reason for why the offense at least wasn't flowing. Because if the offense is humming, they're going to win. And we saw that during the first half of the season. The defense is currently constructed isn't going to win games for this team. It'll keep them in it for two and a half quarters, and then it's up to the offense to have sustained drives, which towards the tail end of last season, they didn't. Uh, I think those are the two mixtures. The reason why they were so up and down, so Jekyll and Hyde was really Chandler Jones not being on the field towards the middle and end of the season, and the inconsistency with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, those are the two main reasons for me as to why they were so Jekyll and Hyde up I'm, and down. The guys that, that you're mentioning, I mean, it's Chandler Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray. These are guys that play every snap of the game. I mean, as, as far as on their respective unit, whether it's offense or defense, those guys go hard each and every play and put an effort and consistent effort each and every play. Where... The Cardinals roster outside, and we talk about this all the time, how top heavy they are, is they're just it's 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 just scattered with part time players. Like the numbers aren't that bad. They didn't take a they didn't fall off a cliff with Chandler Jones not being in the lineup. Like Hassan Reddick had twelve and a half sacks. Dennis Gardick had seven. You know, uh what was it? Uh I th- I think Marcus Golden had four and a half or four, something like that. Like they they got production out of the position for the first time in a long time, not from Chandler Jones. But we know if you watch the game, like they get a couple sacks early in a game, and then the pass rush would just disappear, because these guys aren't full time players; they're part time players. Like they can make a they can they can flash, but on a down by down basis, and this goes for the wide receiver core too. It's like Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella, especially. Like these guys aren't making, aren't going out in on each down, putting forth a DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray type effort to do their job because they're part time players. They need to find more full time players, guys that are going to play and have that motor each and every down and and get open consistently enough for Kyler Murray to find him, so he doesn't just have to throw the ball to number ten all the time. I think as far as the consistency goes. 
having a roster of a bunch of part-time players, and it was a necessity in this situation because of a loss of like Chandler Jones, that type of player. And I know it's tough to duplicate that that type of production, but man, I, I just think that would help. That's that's where drafting comes in. That's where you know making the. That's where it's tough. Where you give a, a lot of money to a guy like Jordan Phillips, where he makes he makes an impact, but it's it's on a, in a on a part time basis. Right, and that's in. <laughs> this is where Isaiah Simmons would have come in. Mm-hmm. You know, as you mentioned, the draft. This is where Isaiah Simmons would have come in, um, and, and could still potentially come into play. It'll be really. I mean, that's going to be one of the more fascinating uh, storylines of the offseason is right when OTs or whatever they're going to be able to do with team activities or, you know, regarding COVID protocols, are they just going to say, you know what, we're going to move him to outside. You know what, Hassan Reddick, thank you for allowing us to look into the future with what Isaiah Simmons could be. Because if you put Hassan Reddick's season last season in Isaiah Simmons' size and body, sweet mother. Like, if that could work, Isaiah Simmons is a behemoth compared to Hassan Reddick. I mean, he may not be as fast off the edge because the Sunrise is just smaller and, and flatter foot. But what we saw from Isaiah Simmons last year was he can maul. He can hit hard. And he's got to learn how to hit with his shoulder and not his helmet. But that'll be a very interesting storyline surrounding it. And what they do at 16, if there's an edge rusher there, for some reason, Micah Parsons drops, which you are hell-bent on the fact that he won't. He'll be more of a top 10 guy. The edge rusher out of Penn State. There's the stuff circulating around from the end of 2020 with some lewd conduct, uh, uh, you know, alleged lewd conduct in uh, locker rooms and stuff that he was a part of that may make may cause him to drop. But that's very that's it, very intriguing what they're going to do, as you mentioned, to have full time guys take the place of situational pass rushers that were thrown into the full time guy role with Chandler Jones out. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, Bo and Alex. One NFL writer has predicted one move, or at least a couple moves, for the Cardinals' offense. We'll tell you what it, what they are, and um, they really don't help the organization. We'll get into it. It's Locked On Cardinals. Are we ready for the big game? That's right. One left to play as far as the 2020 NFL season goes. Tampa Bay versus the Kansas City Chiefs. And looks like the Chiefs' three-point favorites according to our friends over at betonline.ag. And that's the only place we trust when making any kind of wagers on the big game. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On. One word for your 50% welcome bonus. That means if you put in 100 bucks, you get free $50 to play around with. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in the action and don't forget to use your promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus. You put in 50 bucks, you get 25 free dollars to play around with. You can bet on NBA, NHL, even college hoops. Get that stack built and ready for March Madness. Can't wait for it, but we've got one game left to go as far as the NFL season's concerned. You like the Chiefs, three-point favorites, or Tom Brady and the Bucks, three-point dogs. Only place you can trust right now. Bet online. Your online sports book experts. This episode of Lockdown Cardinals brought to you by our friends over at RockAuto.com, and it's getting my truck back in fighting shape on a at a reasonable price. That's for sure. RockAuto.com, family business serving auto parts customers online for twenty years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics than they do for do-it-yourselfers. 
RockAuto.com prices are the same for everybody and reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. All you go do is go to RockAuto.com right now. You shop the auto parts that you need that are available for your car or truck. Right, Locked On and How Did You Hear About Us? So they know that we sent you. It's amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car or truck will ever need. RockAuto.com. So Bill Barnwell put out a, uh, I think he had 40 plus moves on this because there's a ton of wide receivers that are going to be hitting the open free agent market. And you're like, okay, let's. who are the Cardinals going to get? And Bill Barnwell pretty much at the bottom of the trash heap as far as free agents are concerned. He has the Arizona Cardinals signing Rashad Perryman following his wide receiver coach from the Jets to the Cardinals uh, this offseason on a team-friendly like one-year $3 million deal. I think that's what he predicted. And then Larry Fitzgerald retiring. And the only reason I can think like Barnwell did this is because he likes to criticize the moves that the Cardinals make. Um uh, like Fitz retiring and Perryman, like that's not a solution at all. Like if if that's the the extent of what they do as far as their offense, they're in deep trouble. Yeah, that I mean, that's I I don't know how how I can expound upon that <laughs> I mean, besides saying you know uh, that's that is correct, Bo. Let's move on. You know, I mean, it's if like. This is where it gets frustrating because there's maybe, depending on where the quarterbacks go, if Mac Jones goes to the Patriots or goes ahead of the Cardinals, that's one extra spot where one wide receiver could be there at 16. Like there's a legitimate case to say that, I mean, it's not going to be Jamar Chase. It's probably not going to be Devonta Smith, even though Devonta Smith is looked to be going lower than Jalen Waddle in a bunch of drafts. You know, like there could be a wide receiver there at 16 with how deep the wide receiver free agent group is this year. I think it would be a huge mistake to draft a wide receiver at 16 instead of going and getting one in free agency. Now, that's all obviously predicated upon contracts and level. You know, uh, Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay are probably going to do more money, need more money uh, than other guys like a Marvin Jones, etc. But if you can find a proven entity in the wide receiver core and Bill Barnwell, you can tell him to shove it if, <laughs> if, if this actually comes true, that you don't draft the wide receiver at 16. Are we on the same page with that? Like, is wide res- I know wide receiver is a need, but you'd rather get it from free agency if the, if the price is right. I want you to think back the last two decades in, in or just under the Steve Chimera. Okay. How many guys has he drafted at the wide receiver position that they've developed and that they've that have played? And made a significant impact. John Brown, maybe. I mean, Michael Floyd was because he was a first round pick. He was, but was would you say that Michael Floyd's no. tenure was a success? No, you wouldn't. I mean, I think my, I would point to Michael Floyd as is a part of the, the reason not to trust this organization mm-hmm. to to draft and develop a wide receiver. I just but, I think that I mean, exactly what you said. Boat, a proven entity is is the route to go, and there's going to be a ton of them on the free agent market. And you got to figure out how to figure out a deal. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, it's it's just unfortunate that's a common theme, just developing talent from any position. 
I, I think that they've it, done it. They've had some success on the defensive side of the football. Like, I mean, yeah. they had a lockdown corner for as, as long as they did with Patrick Peterson. They they drafted, developed Tyron Matthew, Calais Campbell. Like, they have had success on the defensive side. Um, but as far as Buda Baker, but as far as yeah. offensively, I mean, really, I'm look at the skill position. David Johnson had 2016. It's it's tough. I mean, you're hard pressed to find a handful of guys. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald, no doubt about it. I mean, that that was 2004, wasn't it? I mean, it was. That's too long. I mean, they just they've proven that they can't do that. I mean, 2019 should just be. They drafted three wide receivers, and not one of them is worth a damn. Right. So I I just figure out a way to to grab a guy off the free agent market and let him play opposite. DeAndre Hopkins know that you know pay, overpay a little bit take the money that you've been overpaying fits and put it towards a guy that's gonna you know make opposing defensive coordinators have to game plan and scratch their head like well if we take number 10 out of this equation that means this guy's probably gonna beat us and have a have a nice little Sunday yeah it's nice to have a nice little Sundays you know I mean it's uh yeah, I mean the money's going to be the big thing because you're going to have to like, I, you know, I just wish that we could hear from the GM at some point. I don't think we've heard from him since the season ended. Like, I don't know why his media um, availability is like why he thinks he's better than everybody else. Like, there's they need to have a plan, contingency plans based on everything. It's what the first thing that they need to decide is where is the bulk of the salary cap money going to go for free agents? Is it offensive line? Is it corner? Is it wide receiver? And then just execute. Like, it. there is no reason why Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, shouldn't yield a wide receiver wanting to come here. There's no excuses. That's the whole point. You wouldn't want to play alongside DeAndre Hopkins? I mean, I and I, but I know that there's a thing like Chris Godwin probably when he wants to be the number one guy. Kenny Galladay probably wants to be the number one guy, get his targets. But with this offense, with how much they threw the ball last year, I mean, it should be easier than it has been maybe ever to land a free agent wide receiver. We'll get more into the conversation about which free agent wide receivers the Arizona Cardinals should target. We'll also continue to preview this Super Bowl matchup. Bruce Arians and his squad taking on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday, the final game of the 2020 NFL slate. We'll get into all that conversation. It's all coming up this week. Locked on Cardinals. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.